I really loved reading thrillers and domestic suspense novels and mysteries, but I was so intimidated. I just was like, well, I got to figure out how to do this. So I started reading as many of these books as I could. I was trying to read one a week just to start to kind of figure out how they worked, like the in and out of them. So I wrote, uh, my third book was called Lady Justice, and it actually did really well. I had gotten only one full request ever between my first two books, but Lady Justice got, I think it was about 15 requests, which like was, you know, night and day for me. So I knew that I was like on the right track, but none of those requests went anywhere. Um, And I wrote Make Me Disappear and it just felt different. If you're a busy mom, but you have writing goals and dreams that you're working on, this podcast is here to help you achieve them. My name is Jackie, and I'm a mother and an author of a self-published young adult novel and a firm believer in the power of moms to create. This podcast is about finding inspiration and insight. It's about learning new ways to fuel your writing and to share your writing with the world. And sometimes, actually all the time, it's about taking a moment to just laugh at and appreciate the crazy everyday chaos that is being a writing mother. Hey, it's Jackie. Welcome to another episode of These Mums Write. All right, so today I want to share a really great talk I had with Jessica Payne. Jessica is a traditionally published author whose debut novel, a psychological thriller titled Make Me Disappear, will be released next month by Book Couture. Jessica is also the host of Mom Writers Club, a Twitter community just for writing moms. She is also the co-host of a YouTube channel by the same name, which she runs with fellow writer Sarah Reed. Jessica came to writing after already building a career as a nurse practitioner. In fact, it wasn't until she had her daughter that she made the commitment to really start pursuing her writing dreams. Without further ado, please welcome Jessica Payne. I'm so so excited, Jessica, to have you on the show. Thanks so much for joining me today. Yeah, thanks for having me. I'm excited to be here. Yeah, I have so many questions. I'm so excited to learn about your journey as a mom, as a writer, as a mom writing community builder, and also as someone who's also a nurse practitioner, which is super cool also. Oh, thank you. You have so many things going on. I appreciate you having me on and I'm excited too, because it seems like you are also, you know, starting a community with what you're doing with your podcast and you have, do you have a Facebook group now? Is that right? I do have a Facebook group. Yeah. I didn't know that there was mom writing communities happening when I came up with this podcast idea. Yeah. But I feel like there's a lot of us that are thinking the same things at the same time, because as I have moved into this space, I'm like, wow, there's like lots of different cool people doing things that are connected and um, similar, but different um, around supporting writing moms. So it seems like it's an idea that was just time waiting to happen. (laughs) Yeah. Yeah. I totally agree. I actually, I started mom's writers club kind of by accident. I put kind of a, um, an annoyed post out in Twitterverse, I guess it would, I would say wishing that there was a group for moms kind of like 5am writers club, except for moms, you know, when we're like writing during nap time or after our kids have gone to bed. And I didn't realize that so many other people were interested. I had like five followers on Twitter at the time and that post just blew up and I was like, oh, I guess I should do something with this. So yeah, it's been really great um, getting to know fellow mom writers because we definitely 
are plentiful and being able to connect, I think helps us a lot. Yeah. And I want to get into that, but I first, I want to hear about your, your book, um, yeah. your, your psychological thriller, make me disappear is, and you have a second one with this mm-hmm. under contract with the same publishing company. Is that right? Yeah. Yeah, that's right. I signed a two book deal with book couture who is part of Hachette UK, um, back in, well, I don't remember the exact date. It's been a few months. It still feels kind of like a whirlwind of, um, almost feeling unreal, like a dream come true. But yeah, my first book, Make Me Disappear, comes out May 16th, 2022. But it is about a Seattle-based nurse who is in (laughs) a bad relationship with actually um, an anesthesiologist who works at that same hospital as she does. And he's kind of a sociopath, but he's got her trapped. And she, for many reasons, cannot leave because he will... um, basically react and hurt people around her if she does try to leave. So she realizes that the only way she can get away is if she arranges for her own kidnapping because he can't retaliate if, you know, she was kidnapped. So Hmm. she does that. And of course it does not go as planned (laughs) and um, (laughs) everything kind of unravels from there. And she comes to the conclusion that maybe she needs to try turning the tables on him. And um, anyway, it was a really fun book to write and I cannot wait for people to get their hands on it. That's exciting. It sounds really good. And I love that it's embedded in your own experience as a practitioner in that field. I I feel like that adds so much richness when you've been a participant in the world that you're writing about. I hope so. It, It comes really naturally to write about nurses because I worked as a nurse for a decade and then I went on to get my degree as a nurse practitioner. But I also think it's kind of a part of society that people are interested in learning more about. And I love learning about things when I read books. So it's not about, you know, being a nurse, but you get kind of some insight into that and into that world as you read it. And twisting that into like a thriller concept was just a lot of fun. Mm-hmm. Absolutely. And how, what was your journey then from coming up with this great story to getting it um, picked up by a publisher? I mean, that's huge. Thank you. Um, Gosh, it feels like it's been a long journey. Make Me Disappear is actually my fourth book that I ever queried. It is the book that I signed with my agent with. So that was all part of the journey. Um, Let me think here. It probably took me about three or four months to write and revise and start sending queries out. And I signed with my agent six or seven months after that. We spent four or five months revising. We did a pretty in-depth revision to the second half of the book. And then we went on submission with it. And it sold in six or seven weeks, I think, to Book Mm. Tour. My editor, Kelsey Marsden, was just, she was so enthusiastic about it. And it feels so good to find an editor who you know, is excited and also shares your vision for it. Mm -hmm. So it's just been an incredible journey. You hear, you hear about like the bad side of publishing and you get kind of scared about that, you know, because not everything is great and perfect all the time, but so Mm -hmm. far, knock on wood, I've had a pretty good experience so far. Wonderful. And you mentioned briefly there that this was actually your fourth Mm -hmm. manuscript. So can you tell me about what happened before this one? Yeah, of course. So I started, I've always written like a little bit, but you know, you you're in your twenties, you're finishing college. You decide to go back to college for 
a totally different degree after you realize you can't get a job with that first degree and, you know, you're dating and you're, you know, trying to buy a house and doing all these things. And for me, I almost feel like I needed a little more life experience before I could really like focus on writing novels. Mm -hmm. And I, I knew that that's what I wanted to do. Some people love to write short stories and I think that's great. But for me, like novels were my thing. When my daughter was born, I was 34 and I just realized that like, it's now or never, you're either going to like do it or you're never going to do it. And I couldn't imagine a life where I never wrote a book, like start to finish. Cause I'd started a lot of, you know, books and gotten to 20,000 words and never really went anywhere after that. So um, I decided in 2018, I was going to participate in NaNoWriMo, which that's National Novel Writing Month for anyone who doesn't know. And I was just, I was going to do it. And I told all my friends about it. I told my husband about it. And he was like, you're going to write a book. What? (laughs) I just started writing and I did it. And it was an incredible feeling. I finished on Christmas Eve of 2018, like a way too long manuscript. But um, it was great. And I wrote two books in that genre. Those were actually contemporary fantasies. Mm. And I queried them both. And I learned a ton. I learned how to revise. I learned how to look up agents and send query letters and write queries and synopsis and all of that. Um, Neither of them went anywhere. They didn't get a whole lot of great feedback. Honestly, they probably weren't very good books. But I learned a lot in the process. And I realized that I had a lot more to learn. Mm. So with that third book, I decided to try a different genre. I really like reading contemporary fantasy, but as a writer, I don't have anything new to add. I don't have uh, like a different perspective or a different take, a new twist on it. And I feel like at least in that genre, you need that right now. But I really loved reading thrillers and domestic suspense novels and mysteries, but I was so intimidated. So I just was like, well, I got to figure out how to do this. So I started reading as many of these books as I could. I was trying to read one a week just to start to kind of figure out how they worked, like the in and out of them. So I wrote, uh, my third book was called Lady Justice, and it actually did really well. I had gotten only one full request ever between my first two books, but Lady Justice got, I think it was about 15 requests, which like was, you know, night and day for me. So I knew that I was like on the right track, but none of those requests went anywhere. Um, And I wrote, make me disappear. And it just felt different. It felt really good. My critique partners and beta readers were like, yeah, I'll get back to you in a couple of weeks, but they were finishing it in 48 hours, which is like a great sign and Mm -hmm. made me feel really good. (laughs) Yeah, it did. It did well with query. And I ended up getting three offers, which felt absolutely incredible. And I signed with Kimberly Brower of Brower Literary, and she has been absolutely wonderful to work with. And if you are a querying author listening to this and she is open to queries, I would highly recommend that you, um, that you query her. Awesome. Um, I love that you had that rejection or disappointment with the first few, but that it didn't stop you at all. Is that, was there a time when you ever thought, this is too hard or were you just like, yep, this is part of the process. (laughs) Um, I, I armed myself early by reading blogs and listening to podcasts and YouTube videos and and learning that rejection is just a part of it. So I went into it knowing I was going to get a lot of rejections, knowing that, um, it was normal to get 10, 20, 30, 50, and that you just had to keep going. I host a, a YouTube channel with uh, my friend, Sarah, Sarah Reed, who is also an author whose book is coming out in 2023. And we were talking about this one day. And I, I told her that 
I just had to believe that it was going to happen. I couldn't mm-hmm. let myself like doubt that it was, you know, never going to happen. And that's what kept me going is like, if I keep trying, I'm going to keep getting better and one day it'll happen. And that's kind of how I had to move forward. I think when you get a lot of rejections or like a rejection on a full, it's hard not to like have a moment of doubt, but I think it's really important to let that be a moment of doubt and wallow in it for, you know, half a day or a day and then move forward. The biggest thing I hear authors and agents and um, like editors say is in this publishing community is, is that perseverance is, is how you succeed, whatever success is for you at each step in your career. Mm-hmm. Yeah. You know, and I hear that, but um, I think it's funny in my own experience, I, after not getting any, you know, positive reception for my first novel, it seems so personal. Whereas what I love is that you're just like, mm, yeah, not this one. Okay. <laughs> continue on. Yeah. I hear you. And I think that books are so personal because we might be writing about, you know, these people that only exist in our heads, but there's a piece of us in every one of our characters and in every book we write. So I can empathize with that. It, it is really hard. Even if like, you're going to keep moving forward, it's still really hard. What helped me when I was thinking about it was if I go in a bookstore and pick up a book, there are books that are like New York Times bestsellers. And I turn to the first page and I already know I do not want to read this book. And it does not mean it's not a good book. It doesn't mean there's anything wrong with it or the author or the message. It is just not the book for me. And I think a lot of that comes into play, subjectivity, mm. when you're querying. And I, I've heard many agents say that, you know, there are books I love that I can't represent because I don't think I can sell them right now. Mm. But it still hurts. I mean, it still is awful to get a rejection, you know. And I would say that, um, you know, it doesn't really get easier. You just have to keep going. You have to find a way to believe in yourself and in what you're doing. And but yeah, I empathize. It's not easy. And so then, so you're writing, 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 and just um, being a, a full-time nurse practitioner. And then you're, you had your daughter. Is this about the right time? And like, how did, how did having your daughter impact you? Sure. So I actually um, was working as a nurse and I went back to school, to graduate school, to be a nurse practitioner. So I was a full-time student at this time mm. and working on call. So I was not like working full-time in a hospital, but I did have about 30 clinical hours a week. So it felt very full-time. Yeah. Um, That's still a lot. Yeah. It was a (laughs) lot, but (laughs) I just, yeah. Um, So I had my daughter and I was actually supposed to go back to um, graduate school pretty quick after I had her. She was born in July and I was supposed to restart school in September. And I had a friend come over so I could teach her how to take care of my, you know, tiny little daughter. And and let me add, my daughter was also born a little early. Mm. Um, and she really struggled with just feeding and mm. things like that. So it was a little, I think everybody has their struggles as a new mom, but it felt like a little extra. Mm. And I'd been working as a NICU nurse. So I felt like I should know how to take care <laughs> of a baby. Yeah. But um, my friend came over to learn how to take care of her to like help with when I had to be at the hospital. And I just had this moment of, I cannot do this. I cannot, I can't like after only six weeks, go back full-time to doing this. And um, thankfully my husband was supportive of me taking a year off of school. And then that November is when I decided to do NaNoWriMo. So I was still a part-time student doing some classes, but it was more like 15 hours 
a week of coursework, having a baby and then writing. But honestly, I thought, I thought the first six months of my daughter's life were the easiest time to write because she napped, you know, once they get on that regular nap schedule, like that is your writing time. It got a little harder once she started dropping naps. And do you feel that becoming a mother has influenced your writing in any way? Yeah, kind of. I, I will not write about kids. <laughs> I won't put kids in my thrillers. I know a lot of people do usually not, not like kids are being victimized or anything like that, but I know that they often are like in thrillers or it's one more thing that like might weigh a plot one way or the other. And I just can't do it. I can't write about kids. It, I don't know, gives me the shivers. So I leave kids out of my books altogether. Um, that would be the the biggest impact. And otherwise I would just say, realizing that, I, I don't know, we have one life to live. If you want to be a writer, then you need to be writing. Yeah. So yeah. Kind of I, answer to your question, I guess. <laughs> no, no, I love it. I mean, I think when you have a child, you are forced to become very present in the here yeah. and now, not all the time. I mean, but it, there are, there's aspects of being a mother that make you realize like how important life is right now. And that. Exactly. Mm -hmm. Yeah. That you can't always, you can't put off the things that matter to you. There will be seasons in your life. Sure. There might be those first two months. I don't think I could have written right after my daughter was born, but you've got to make it a, you've got to make the things you care about a priority in your life as much as you can, even though it's hard. Mm -hmm. Yeah. So it's kind of beautiful. I mean, that having your daughter gave you like the kick to, okay, if I really want to be a writer, I have to start writing. Yeah, exactly. Wow. That's a gift. Oh yeah. Thank you. I think so too. I'm grateful for it. She is, she's definitely um, going to be, at least in my acknowledgements, I think she's actually going to be, <laughs> I think my book might be dedicated to her. Oh, that's so sweet. How old is your daughter now? She is three and a half. Okay. She's getting big. She thinks she's very big. Yeah. Um, but she's a lot of fun. Yeah. Still, yeah. There's still a lot of work. Yeah. <laughs> so then we uh, fast forward. So you've published this book or, or had this book accepted that you, mm -hmm. uh, it was your fourth book. So you, you know, had all that time with the first few to really build up your craft. And then you wrote this found your genre, found your context, like found your voice through that, yeah. through those earlier versions. Um, and now your second book, it's also a thriller. It is a thriller. Yeah. So then take us through the, the mom writers club journey. And, um, yeah, well, um, like I said, it kind of started by accident. I did not realize how many people would love the idea of a 5am writers club, but for moms, so we started out just kind of using the hashtag and everyday posts on Twitter. And then one day I was like, well, maybe we could start a chat like a couple of times a month, which is what we currently do now. It's every other Wednesday night and um, we gather at 8 p.m. Central and I post questions and people answer and discuss and it goes for 24 hours. So people in different time zones can chip in or, you know, busy mom schedules. If you can't do it in the night, maybe you have time in the morning. And we talk about all kinds of things. They mostly relate to writing. There are some questions that have to do with being a mom. It's kind of that balance of sometimes we as moms don't want to talk about all the mom stuff. Sometimes we just want to be writers. So I try to find that balance. And then we also started a YouTube channel earlier this year. 
And that's been a lot of fun. That's with my friend, Sarah Reed. And we talk about all things being a mom, all things being a writer. We talk about how to make time to write. We talk about mental health aspects of being a mom and being a writer. And then like our, our latest video is really fun. It was um, the 12 surprises of publishing. You know, we try to do everything. And then we've also interviewed my agent a couple of times. And those videos are really fun. And she has some great advice from like the perspective of a literary agent, because, you know, we don't know that as writers. So doing the YouTube channel has also been fantastic. And then um, the last thing we've started doing are live writing sprints. And we've actually only done that once, but I think... <laughs> We will try to do that quarterly. And it's so fun because we hop on Zoom and we get to see everyone's faces, like all these writers we communicate with all the time that we've never met in person. So that's been really cool to get to, you know, get to know people better. That is fabulous. It's really spreading like wildfire. Yeah. People love it. And I hope that it stays that way. It's a mm -hmm. community I really value. And especially like it started right about the time COVID hit. And it's just been wonderful to have this group of friends online and people to talk about writing with, but also people who understand that we, we face different challenges as moms. So finding people who can support you in that, who know what you're talking about when you say, I am exhausted because my kids woke me up three times last night. Yeah, I had that very recently. <laughs> yeah, <laughs> I'm sorry. I know, it really puts you on edge. It for the does. rest of the day. So, yeah, exactly. And and I can't tell you how many times I've heard, well, why don't you just take a nap? And it's like, okay, do you want to watch my kids while I take a nap? <laughs> yeah, I don't think I could. I mean, I think my thoughts are too, being a mom, you're always on and you're always like, I had a mom friend, she has twins. So she talked about like this scanning oh, wow. that you do whenever yeah. you you come to a new setting. She's like, I'll be like this mental scan of all the possible risks and ways to avoid exactly. them. Exactly. It's and like an ongoing low-level exhaustion from like mm -hmm. monitoring all the things all the times. Yeah. Like where are your children in time and space right now? So you can't easily just turn that off. I, I agree. Yeah. My husband is in uh, PA school to be a physician's assistant. And he recently learned that it's normal for moms to get like much worse sleep once they have a child. And I was like, I told you so. I think yeah. he didn't totally believe that like what I was going through was normal. I mean, he's very, very supportive, but it was nice for him to like read in a medical text that this mm. was a normal like thing that most moms experience. Yeah. Sleep is not my friend. I um, hear that after they move out, you sleep easier. Sometimes. That's what I'm thinking. Uh, <laughs> will they ever move out though, Jessica? Yeah, I don't know. That's a yeah. good question. <laughs> yeah. I live in Vancouver. It's not cheap to find housing oh my here. Gosh. Seattle's the same way. Yeah. Yeah. It's rough. So what do you see as maybe some common challenges that your the moms in your community are, are facing? Like do you see some trends? Yeah, I definitely do. I think one of the biggest trends is feeling like they don't have time to write, which I agree with and totally understand. Uh, especially if you are working full-time. It's a, a really big challenge uh, trying to find scraps of time when you can write. The The biggest thing that's worked for me is getting up early and writing before everyone is awake. Hand in hand with that issue is being so exhausted that they feel like they cannot write. You know, you get to the end of the day and your kid is finally in bed and asleep in bed <laughs> And you're just worn out. You've been up yeah. since five or six in the morning, entertaining a small child or ferrying kids back and forth and making dinner and, you know, maybe going to work, maybe doing all of the chores around the house and you're exhausted. 
it, it's hard and there's no like easy answer for it. I know a lot of the Moms Writers Club members will write while you know their kids at soccer practice. They'll write in the car on their laptop or they'll take notes or they'll even use like uh, a dictation software where they can like safely drive, but also be talking to a microphone to record <laughs> their notes. For me, it's always worked well to wake up early to write during naps or right after my daughter goes to sleep. But, but again, that doesn't work for everyone. I've heard from other moms who find that taking like their laptop and like setting it on a shelf or something in their kid's playroom. And while their kid is distracted for 15 minutes at a time, (laughs) you know, getting in what they can. So it's definitely an ongoing challenge. I think another issue that a lot of moms face is feeling like they're supported in their writing, that they feel like their family doesn't get what they're doing. And Mm. I think, I think a lot of that is kind of a bigger problem with the arts in general. I think that we as a society don't always value arts and writing kind of like if there's not money directly connected to it immediately, that it somehow doesn't have value, but it absolutely does. And um, I think trying to get your family invested in that with you, asking for their help is a difficult thing, but a thing that can help a lot. And we have, we have an episode on it. If anybody needs a little more help with it, you can check it out on our YouTube channel, but it's a really hard thing for a lot of people to feel like their family doesn't support them in something they are so passionate about. Mm-hmm. Did you feel different after you got the book contract? Because then you could say like, I am now a published novelist. And so, yeah. yeah. So yes and no, I feel like my family was pretty supportive already. I do think that becoming agented and then getting a publishing deal definitely increased that and and increased how serious some people took me in my writing because, you know, it was external validation. Mm -hmm. So, yeah, I mean, I definitely think that has improved, especially, especially just since getting an agent, you know, that's not an easy thing to do, Mm -hmm. but I also think it's unfortunate that we have to like wait for these external validators to, um, to feel that way, whether it's our own thoughts or our family. And I think having a good writing community around you can really help with that because Mm. you don't have to be agented or published for people to believe in your writing, you know, before those things happen. Yeah. I think that's a big thing that moms struggle with is especially because we're always giving to others. And so to even have the courage to say, no, I need this time for me. I mean, I know I struggle with guilt. Like I still do it. Like I still, I'm creating this podcast, I'm writing, but I still have guilt. And so my husband, I he understand. Could, right. If he just says one remark, I'll be like, Ugh, even though, he's like, yeah, that's, not, it's that's so not what I meant, but no, totally. You know, anything that takes us away from our kids or our families can feel like a huge source of guilt. And I totally get it. You know, our role in society is to be a mom and is is how I think so many of us feel and is like also true and is not all bad, but I also think it puts a lot of pressure on you to be on all the time and to put everyone ahead of you. Mm -hmm. And, you know, the biggest thing that has helped me with that is kind of giving myself a, I'm not like someone who sticks to schedules super carefully, but I have said that like the time I wake up at 4.30 in the morning until 6.30 around the time my daughter wakes up, 
that is my writing time. And I don't feel guilt around keeping that time just for me because that is like written on, if I had a a schedule that I wrote my calendar on or my whatever, you know what I mean? Mm -hmm. Like that's what I would write down Mm -hmm. and creating that time just for that has helped me a lot with feeling Mm -hmm. like mom guilt because that is the only thing I'm supposed to be doing, Mm -hmm. but I know not everybody can do that. And I know it's not, you know, that simple for everyone, but that has helped. Mm -hmm. Mom guilt is real though. I, I totally get it. And I wish there were an easy answer. You know, one thing I would say for people, I don't, I don't know if you've read the book, Big Magic by Elizabeth Gilbert. No, it's a great book. And it talks a lot about giving yourself permission as an artist and as a writer. And it's a great read. And mm. I would highly recommend it to anyone who is feeling a lot of mom guilt or feeling as though they are somehow wrong for taking time for themselves because you are important. Your writing is important and it's important that you take time for it. You know, you can do something besides being a mom all the time. Mm-hmm. And I think it's really good for your kids to see that too. I remember my mom doing things that were important to her. Now as an adult, I feel like I can do those things because, Hey, my mom did them too. Mm. So you're teaching your kids that what they want to do is important. That's true. Some good modeling. Exactly. I love that. Yeah. I will definitely check out that book. That sounds very inspirational. And so you've given us a few um, challenges. So lack of time, maybe feeling like you have the right to write. Are there any other challenges or solutions that have come out of your community? One of the things that helps the most with all of the problems we've kind of talked about a little bit is having a writing community around Mm. you. People who can listen when you're having a rough day, whether it is with something writing related or family related or kid related, having someone you can talk to about your writing issues. Um, someone who, when you're feeling like maybe you shouldn't be writing, reminds you that you are a writer and that is exactly what you should be doing. So I think just having a good writing community around you is something I would recommend for everyone. And that takes time. It's not going to happen overnight, but whether it's on Twitter or Instagram or a local writing club that actually meets in person, (laughs) I would, I would highly recommend that everyone try to find people like that. I can see you're you've been basically building up your writing community with the you know starting with the Twitter and now the YouTube. Can you tell me more about how the YouTube channel, like what that experience has been like for you? Yeah, it was really terrifying at first. (laughs) (laughs) I thought I would never do anything like that, but um, my friend Sarah was like, "We should do this," and I said, "Okay." as long as you're doing it with me, (laughs) as long as I have a partner in crime here, but it's just, it's been really fun. It has definitely been a challenge. Neither of us were super comfortable on camera, but I think it's been great practice. Like I honestly, I'm nervous recording this podcast with you because I get nervous (laughs) about any sort of public speaking at all, but I would be like visibly shaking before I started the YouTube channel. So while I'm still a little nervous, I feel much better about it. Having done that, it was one of those things that you feel like you're taking a risk. You're putting yourself out there, but it's been great. We've received a lot of feedback that it's taught them about how to write a query letter or that it's been like our mental health episode made them feel less alone, like postpartum Mm. anxiety, and that it's just made them feel more connected. So it's, it's been really wonderful getting feedback like that because that was the whole point. You know, we're not the biggest YouTube channel out there. We're definitely not the flashiest one, but we are two writer friends who are also moms who love talking about writing and 
how that relates to being a mom. And occasionally you'll hear my kid cry in the background and occasionally (laughs) you'll hear her teenagers moving furniture around, but it's, it's fine. Like we're all about being real. It's not perfection. We just have honest conversations about writing and publishing. And that's been a really cool way to kind of put ourselves out there and also give back to the community. And sometimes I think that a video or podcast format works better for that because someone can like listen to that on their drive to work or they can listen to it. Like I listen to podcasts when I'm out running or at the gym and it's, you know, people can absorb it differently than if they are reading a 280 character Twitter post that that's been great. And if anybody's thinking about doing anything like that, I say, do it. You can do as much or as little as you want because, you know, you don't have to post every single week. And anyway, that's great. Also, I love hearing your cats in the background. I'm actually surprised mine are not meowing too. I have two of them in here right now. And I was like, okay, you guys can stay, but be quiet. That's so funny. I was trying to, I was like, is that my daughter or my cat? They sound very similar. They do sound similar sometimes. Yeah. Yeah, no, I love that encouragement to go out of your comfort zone in ways outside of just writing too, because- Right. Like, uh, I think that we often for myself, I know like my first novel was just like, I was just like, tick, 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 tick. Like just, I just need to type and sit here and type. And then I missed out on that community building part and pushing yourself in other ways. Yeah. I, I agree. I think it's hard to kind of figure out what works for you. I think just try everything or anything that appeals to you. And, and I think too, sometimes you have to kind of find your balance and not spend too much time doing those other things. I definitely have been guilty of a little too much social media Mm. and needed to back off, but yeah, I think the community aspect is so important. And I think a big part of, um, I mean, I'm still at the very beginning of my writing career. I'm not trying to have like a big head here, but (laughs) Part of my success thus far has been because I have had good writing friends and good critique Mm. partners who I met all of through the writing community. Mm -hmm. So I think for me, it has played a huge part in becoming a better writer and learning how to query and getting an agent and a book deal and so on and so forth. It's been invaluable. Yeah, I think that reaching out is so crucial. And definitely, again, just looking back at my first experience, what I was missing out like there's the people that i would meet in real life and that's all i could see i never saw beyond the social media online communities which mm-hmm. i now see are just like they're, they're huge. huge yeah <laughs> they're exactly. huge yeah and then you can find your people yeah. there's unique experiences to being a writing mom that knowing that you're not alone in that is so validating it definitely is there have been times that I've been up at 4.30 in the morning or 11 p.m. at night. And I know that there are other writer moms out there. And just being able to say, hi, I'm writing. Are you writing? And yes, they're <laughs> writing too. is really cool. It's yeah. Really and you're, what, what has been your most popular episode so far on the YouTube? We have, a, we have two or three kind of vying <laughs> for that position. I think our number one is still the chat we did with my agent, Kimberly Brower, where we heard about what querying and the call is like from the agent side, which was really fun. That was actually an episode that I wrote a blog. Was it a blog post? No, we did an episode on what like the call was like, Sarah and I, because we got agented a couple months apart uh-huh. and my agent listened to it. And she told me what her side of it was like. And I was like, oh my gosh, like this is really cool to hear about. So she agreed to do an episode with us. So 
yeah, if you're interested in hearing like what a query inbox and going through that and the call is like from an agent's perspective, that is our most popular episode right now. Oh, nice. Um, and then, like I said, we're getting ready to record a second one about um, being on sub and getting a book published and um, a few other things from the agent's perspective. It's, it's mm. fascinating to hear it you know, on the other side of the desk, so to say. And the sub, that means submission, right? Yeah. Yeah. Sorry. Being on submission, which is when your agent sends out your book to publishers. Yeah. That's a whole other world. It's a lot like querying, except you have a really great agent to soften the rejections. And (laughs) when you get interest, it's, um, it's pretty fun hearing from them. Yeah, that's exciting. So how about what pieces of advice would you give to yourself, the self that just was deciding, uh, you know, to start with writing? I would say to to get on it, (laughs) get writing and keep writing and don't be afraid to try different things. I took some risks with uh, the book that became Make Me Disappear. It was my first time trying like dual point of view, for example. And also I wrote it in second POV, which was really interesting. So be willing to take some risks and try different things. You will at worst learn that that did not go so well and how to do it differently. Don't be afraid to delete a whole chapter or at least move it to like a separate file and keep writing in your main manuscript. That is a normal thing that all authors do. And I do it probably for half the chapters I write. And I would say to reach out faster to to form that community because it took me a while, which Mm -hmm. I think is normal. You know, we're figuring out who we are as writers before we're going out and trying to find other writers sometimes, I think, and realizing that we want that community and to read more read more in the genre you want to write in. That's been the biggest game changer for me. Oh, yeah. That's great. I need to do that also. <laughs> also, audiobooks. Those are a key to reading more. Ooh, I like it. Yeah. And if you listen to them in like 1.5 times, you get them a little bit faster. <laughs> Booyah! <laughs> Book hack from Jessica. Yep. There you go. Awesome. That's so great. So, uh, so how could people get in touch so they can join if they want to join the the Twitter combo, they just search the hashtag moms writers club. Yep. You can search the hashtag. It's M O M S W R I T E R S C L U B. So an S after mom and writer moms writers club. You can also find me. I'm at author Jess Payne on Twitter. And, um, I host all of the conversations from my own feed there. You can also find me at jessicapayne.net. And from there, you can find all of my social media. You can find information on Make Me Disappear, which is out again in this coming May. (laughs) Exciting. And yeah, you can also find our YouTube channel there if you're interested in that. It's linked from my website. Okay, awesome. We could put also links to those that that show episode you mentioned in our show notes so everyone can check that one out. That would be awesome. Yeah. It's a great episode. It's lots of fun. It was fun too, because she asked us a couple questions back from the author's perspective. So it was fun hearing what an agent was curious about. Yeah, absolutely. Well, thanks so much, Jessica. Thank you so much for your time, yeah. sharing your story. I think it's Thank really- Thank you for having me on. This has been a great conversation. And I'm so glad that you started this podcast. We need more mom writers out there. 
I hope you found that conversation as inspirational and insightful as I did. Okay, so here are the top takeaways. Number one, dealing with mom guilt, try assigning specific time to your writing so that you and your family know that it's dedicated just for that. Number two, also for general writing guilt and imposter syndrome, check out Big Magic by Elizabeth Gilbert. Number three, keep trying and experimenting to find your genre and voice. You may not just happen upon it at first. Number four, read in your genre a lot. Audiobooks can help, especially when listened to on double speed. Number five, believe in yourself and don't ever stop. And number six, find your writing community. And on the topic of finding your writing community, I just would like to share two recommendations of Facebook groups that members of my own Facebook group suggested. So thanks to Linnea Grable, who suggested 20 Books to 50K, which is a great group for getting tips on the business side of being an author. And also thanks to Crescia Hilton, who suggests Moms Who Write, which is a really fabulous group for getting tips and advice on anything to do with motherhood and writing in general. And to all the listeners, of course, thank you for coming here each week. If you do find this podcast useful, I would love it if you could like or subscribe on Apple or Spotify. And if you want to get in on the group I just mentioned, you can search These Mums Right in Facebook. And also, as always, we do have that newsletter. So I will put links to all of those in the show notes if you want to join our community. I'll talk to you next week. In the meantime, happy writing.